welcome to episode 105 of the first 40 miles. If you're new to backpacking or if you're hopelessly in love with someone who wants you to love backpacking, then this podcast is for you. We'll talk about the essentials, how to lighten your load, and how to make the most of your time on the trail. I'm your host, Heather Legler. And I'm Josh Legler. And this is the first 40 miles. Today on the first 40 miles, if your mother-in-law tells you there is one right way to set the table for Thanksgiving dinner, you may or may not believe her. But believe us when we say there is not one right and proper way to backpack. However, there are some key elements that will ensure that your trip is safe, fun, and memorable. Then on today's Summit Gear Review, accessible storage for your pack that keeps your essentials within reach. For the backpack hack of the week, we're going to opt outside this Black Friday, but we may do a wee bit of browsing for deals online too. All this, and that's about it. Today on the first 40 miles. You know, it's funny, if you look back at the way your grandma set the table, or even look back further, you know, into past generations, they had a really funny way of setting the table with multiple forks and different kinds of spoons and gravy boats and platters and and everything has a name. I mean, everything has a purpose. And if you talk to someone from a past generation, they will tell you that there is a right and proper way to set the table, that you have to have all the right pieces, especially if you're doing like a formal dinner or something. And who knows, maybe this is how they eat at the White House every day. I don't know. But it kind of got me thinking, is there a right and proper way to backpack? For example, Is there a right and proper way to light the trail? Like, is it more proper to use a headlamp or a traditional handheld flashlight or, I don't know, one of those little one LED thumb lights? Or like, what's the right and proper way to have dinner on the trail? Is it a Sierra cup and a plastic spoon? Or is the right way to use like a paper plate and a titanium spork? Or just using pita bread that doubles as a spoon. Or maybe you don't even make dinner. Maybe you just unwrap your dinner and just eat energy bars. Or is there a right and proper way to carry your gear? A large backpack with everything tidily stuck inside. Is tidily a word? Tidily? Sure. Today it is. Thanks. National Uh, Tidily Day. Or is it a smaller pack with a whole bunch of stuff strapped on the outside? Is it a makeshift day pack or duffel bag that you manage to somehow get onto your back? Or do you pull all your gear on a toboggan behind you? Okay, maybe that one is not so right and proper. (laughs) That is awesome. (laughs) It works in the snow anyway. Well, I mean, maybe this is really a ridiculous question. I don't know. But I think a lot of people, before they go backpacking, they probably have in the back of their mind a picture of what a right and proper backpacking experience looks like. And in some ways, I think that might be one of the barriers. They think, oh, I don't have the right pack, or I don't have the right looking shoes, or, you know, whatever it is that they feel like they're lacking. Maybe that's keeping them from getting out. Like, 
Not every backpacker uses a headlamp, but a lot of them do. But that's not to say if you don't have a headlamp, you can't go out using your the old flashlight that you used when you went to summer camp. You might wonder if you can really take a backpacking trip just using cobbled together stuff that you have around the house. And the answer is yes, you can. Yeah, in fact, I came across this really cool idea recently. It's called a Yukon pack or a portage pack. And basically, you just take an old tarp or a new tarp, whatever you have laying around, and you wrap all of your stuff in this tarp and then wrap up the tarp with some rope or twine or whatever you have. And then you make straps. And the design that I saw online had pipe insulation that they used to kind of pad your shoulders from the rope kind of digging into your shoulders. That's a totally legitimate way to pack your stuff on the trail. Very uncommon. You're not going to see a lot of people doing that. But I think it's just one more idea, one more way to break down the barrier that might be keeping people from getting out on their first backpacking trip. Now, we review a lot of gear on this show. And yes, a lot of that stuff really makes a difference. They have features that they've put so much thought and so much engineering into that they truly do make a difference for you. And so we're not saying that the Yukon pack is going to be just as comfortable as a really well-designed backpacking pack. All we're saying is it's doable. You can start that way. I would love to take a trip that would be, I guess you'd call it a makeshift gear trip, where we just take the stuff that's the cheapest, the stuff that's common, readily available at a local store, and do a backpacking trip with just that stuff. Yeah, um, it's actually on my to-do list to do a trip like that. We can only take our non, like, okay, we have a bunch of backpacking gear. That'll be off limits. But any of the home furnishings that we already have that's not for backpacking would be okay to use. And then anything that we could find at our local thrift store for a few bucks would be okay as well. And we go out for an overnight trip that way. Okay, so the shower curtain? Yeah. Shower curtain tarp kind of Right, because that's not Whoa. in our backpacking gear. <laughs> so that counts. Sheets, blankets, um, clothing besides the clothing that we've bought just for backpacking. Shoes, but not the shoes that we bought for backpacking. A kid's school pack, that, that would be okay. But the stuff we've bought especially for backpacking would be off limits. And I know we could do it and could have a great trip. Then yeah, it would not be, you know, your grandma's right and proper Thanksgiving place setting style. It would look a little more cobbled together. And, and so I think what we're trying to get at is that your outdoor experience, like being outdoors and seeing and smelling all the amazing things outside, you're still going to have that experience. You're just not going to be eating off of, off of China. Or titanium. So if you're thinking about getting out on your first trip, just know that there is no expectation that your gear needs to be from this decade or even from this millennium. There is no expectation that your setup even needs to look anything like a catalog image. The important thing is that you have the equipment to be safe and prepared and then just get out there. So for today's top five list, we're going to share the top five things that you have to get right while backpacking. But we're not really going to talk about specific items of gear. Instead, it's more of the principle approach. Here are the things that you need to make sure you cover when you go out on a backpacking trip so that you stay safe and healthy. And if you get these ones covered, 
you can go out and have a great time regardless of the specific pieces of gear and what vintage they are or what room of the house you scavenge them from. And the number one thing that you have to get right while backpacking is your core body temperature. So that means you need adequate clothing and that clothing will allow for moisture to escape and not be trapped. So typically this clothing will be synthetic wicking fabrics or they can also be natural wool or bamboo fibers. Kind of steer away from cotton, even though that's what most of our closets are filled with, because cotton tends to hold on to a lot of water, which will then affect your body's ability to regulate its core body temperature, which is what you have to get right. You have to keep that core body temperature stable. If you open your closet and all you see is cotton, well, look again, you've probably got some stuff in there that is not cotton. And if you don't, go to the local thrift store. They have a ton of wool dress pants that are probably five or ten bucks a pair. Yeah, you're going to look all dressed up on the trail, but you'll be wearing 100% wool. That's a great fabric to take backpacking. Brilliant. I love that. And then our local thrift store even has an entire row of clothing that's all athletic wear. And most of that is wicking material. And it says it right on the shirt. Another way to regulate your core body temperature and keep it stable is with your nighttime insulation. So your sleeping bag or your bedroll, which is what the cowboys used to call their sleep setup, or even just with blankets. However you choose to regulate your core body temperature at night, you've got to have adequate insulation for the temperature that you'll be experiencing. And it's not just enough to have a sleeping bag. You also need a sleeping pad that will insulate your body from the ground. And that's important to have even in the summertime. The number two thing that you have to get right while you're backpacking is hydration and calories. And these two are together because hydration without calories means that your body isn't getting the electrolytes it needs to balance all the water intake. So drinking and eating are both critical while on the trail. And if you're just trying to get out and have some time outdoors, don't get too worked up about exactly what food to bring and, you know, do I bring dehydrated or do I bring fresh or whatever. If you're just going on an overnighter, bring whatever you want, eat whatever you want, make sure you have enough and you'll be fine. If you really do want to kind of take it to the next level, then calories are the thing to focus on. Calories are fuel. Just make sure you have enough calories to match your exertion level. Typically around 3,000 calories a day is kind of what you should be planning for. You don't have to take those freeze-dried backpacking meals that cost 10 bucks a package. You can, that's great, but you can get out on the trail with just stuff that you have in your kitchen. And that's something we've really focused on while developing our backpacking cookbook, which comes out two weeks from today on November 29th. Every recipe in that cookbook is made for backpacking, but it's also made to be done with stuff that you probably have in your house, or if not, a quick run to your local grocery store will find it for you. The number three thing that you have to get right while backpacking is basic first aid skills and knowledge. And I don't want to discount the importance of bringing just a simple first aid kit, but truthfully, 
you can pretty much improvise most first aid equipment. You know, you can make a band-aid out of a bandana, or you can make a sling out of a t-shirt or a pack towel, or you could even use a plastic bag to irrigate wounds. But what's even more important than any kind of equipment that you have is that knowledge. So knowing the signs of hypothermia, knowing the signs of shock, knowing how to treat bleeding, knowing what an infection looks like, knowing how altitude sickness manifests itself, even just something as simple as knowing that washing your hands before touching food can prevent the spread of germs, or knowing how to prevent blisters in the first place, that's so much more valuable than pounds of moleskin or band-aids or neosporin. Just knowing those basic first aid skills will give you confidence and peace of mind on the trail. The number four thing you have to get right while backpacking is to know how to get back. How to get back to the trailhead, or more simply, how to get back to your campsite after you took a bathroom break 100 yards away, in the dark, in the rain. Just remembering our trip a few weeks ago. (laughs) (laughs) Or even um, that lady who died on the Appalachian Trail because she went off to use the bathroom and couldn't find her way back onto the trail. She was lost for, well, not lost, she died, but her body was found two years later because she couldn't make it back to the trail. There are lots of options for navigation. There's the obvious physical map and compass. That's part of the 10 essentials. There's also GPS. It might be built into your smartphone. But there are also blazes, those small rectangles or markings that they put on trees to mark uh, a main trail. And that's not on every trail. That's on like some of the major trails. My phone has an app where I can turn on tracking. So then as long as I leave that on, it knows where I've been. So then I can follow my tracks back to get back out. And, you know, you can also use friends, a friend who's really familiar with the area. That's a great resource. You know what's funny to me? When you read through the 10 essentials list, we really emphasize having a map and a compass, a printed map and a compass of the area where you'll be. And I think it's good to emphasize that, but I wonder if we have lost sight of other navigation methods because of perhaps an overemphasis on map and compass. I mean, I'm not suggesting that those should come out of your 10 essentials, by no means. But I wonder if we all could stand to kind of beef up our other navigation skills besides just the map and the compass. Oh, yeah, like just uh, paying attention to your surroundings, that kind of thing, like uh, just being extra aware. Right. Recognizing where the sun is or the stars, uh, recognizing the contours of the land around you and understanding even if you don't have a map at all, you can understand that based on what you see in the land around you, there are going to be places where there will be cliffs that will be dangerous. There will be low areas with water. There will be high ridges where you might be more visible uh, if someone's trying to find you. You know, all those things, even if you had no map and compass at all, I think we could all kind of improve our skills with just getting ourselves through the woods. Yeah, relying on technology, even something as simple as a map and compass, for our sole source of information, makes us forget that we have other forms of wayfinding as well. And I love this quote by Ed Visters. He says, getting to the top is optional. Getting down is mandatory. So just remember that when you're trailblazing ahead, you have to know how to trailblaze all the way back, too. 
And the number five thing that you have to get right while backpacking is leave it for the next person to enjoy. You can hike to the beat of your own drum, but just leave the wilderness wild and ready for the next person to discover. And everything else that you incorporate into your trip, it's just gravy. That's it. I mean, these are the five things that you have to get right. Your core body temperature, your hydration and calories, your first aid skills and knowledge, knowing how to get back, and just leaving it ready for the next person to enjoy. Other than these five essential principles, you are on your own to decide all of those fun little details like, you know, mileage and food and recreation and pack weight and gear and your itinerary. But if you can get these five things right, it will set the foundation for an incredible backpacking trip. For today's Summit Gear review, we will be reviewing Clackett pouches. These are pouches that will fit any backpack strap. And Clackett has six different pouches that you can attach to your backpack straps. They're just peripheral gear holders. Each pouch has a super strong clip. It has teeth, so don't stick your finger in there and squeeze it closed like I did, or you'll be screaming just like I did. Um, but those teeth make it so that the pouch won't kind of slide down your pack strap. The patches are really durable. They're made of Cordura fabric, and the clip is made of industrial strength nylon. And actually, the clip can be removed from the pouch. You don't have to use the clip, but that's what keeps it from sliding around. Some of the pouches come with snaps, so you could even just use the snaps that are on the pouch and not use the clip at all. There are six different Clackett pouches. They have the smartphone pouch, which holds just a smartphone. But you can also fit other things in there like your wallet or snacks. They have the pocket pouch, which fits, you know, like a smartphone sized object. And it also has a little second thin pocket in the front where you can stick money or trail permits or other small flat items. Then they also have the two zipper pouch. And this is the one that I used on our trip to Mount Jefferson that I put everything in that I needed access to. So it's great for holding a camera. I put my phone, my snacks, some of my art supplies, my paper and pencil in this little pouch, mostly because, well, first of all, I wanted access to all of those things. And second, the pack that I have does not have a hip belt pocket that's adequately sized for holding all the stuff that I need access to. And so I really enjoyed having just this pretty good sized pouch for holding all the stuff that I needed. There are also three other pouches that I didn't feel were as relevant to backpackers. Um, the adjustable utility pouch and the small and large water bottle pouches. The two water bottle pouches are just too small for holding an Nalgene. I mean, they would work great for like a little day hike, but probably not for backpacking. Some of these pouches are MOLLE compatible. MOLLE stands for Modular Lightweight Load Carrying Equipment. And I guess it's the way that the army carries their stuff. So they have these cool backpacks that have straps all over them and they can put on different components to make it so it's exactly the setup that they want for their pack. I think it's a great idea. The British Army and the U.S. Army uses Molly packs and a number of NATO armed forces. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Wiki. <laughs> it's kind of a newish idea. 
kind of the idea of um what do you call it when there's components modular yes <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> that's the word i was looking for yes. <laughs> yeah just the modular backpacking and i kind of wonder if some of that is going to trickle over to regular people backpacking i like the idea i really do having a modular lightweight load carrying backpack i love it as far as mass goes, most of these pouches are around six inches by five inches by one to two inches. And the pouches weigh around three to four ounces, depending on which pouch. And the clips alone, they weigh one ounce. As far as maintenance goes, these pouches are tough. I mean, some of them are made of a thousand denier. That's tough stuff. That's a lot of denier. <laughs> it feels tough. Well, yeah, it's really tough. So you could probably just throw these in the wash. As far as investment goes, the pouches range between $15 and $20, depending on the pouch. Each of the six different pouches already comes with a clip, so you don't need to order that separately. And shipping is just $3. Okay, so for trial... As everybody knows, I'm the guy who sticks everything inside of my backpack, and there is absolutely nothing hanging on the outside. You and the kids are another story. We're a mess. <laughs> yeah, I try. I try so hard to be like you, Josh. But... Wait a minute. We just said there is no right and proper oh, way right. to backpack. So the way you do it is fine. It's just very different from... Let me rephrase that. The way that I do it is very different <laughs> from what everyone else does, which is fine, too. But you tried these out on our recent trip. And I know that a couple of our kids in particular, the, the youngest two, I mean, they just love stuff like this. I mean, the eight-year-old, where last week we were talking about how he packed 25 pounds in his pack and we got it down to 20. Well, some of the weight was in these pouches. <laughs> Filled up all the way. So Josh did not use the Clackett pouches, but I did and the kids did. And I loved having access to the stuff that I want access to. Like I don't want to have to take off my pack to grab my art supplies or to grab some snacks or to get my phone. And the only thing that I wish were different about these Clackett pouches is I wish they were waterproof. And I know you can waterproof, you can spray on the stuff, but the zippers aren't waterproof. So I wish there were a waterproof zipper on the two zipper pouch. That was the one that I used. And my wish for these pouches uh, goes along with yours. They are very heavy duty, but that means they're also heavy. Four ounces, that's a quarter of a pound just for something to carry more stuff in. <laughs> So I wonder if there was a pouch made of something like sil nylon that would be waterproof, and then with those waterproof zippers on it, you'd probably cut the weight down to, well, the clip is still an ounce, the plastic clip, and then it would be another ounce or less for the pouch fabric. So you'd probably be down under two ounces for the pouch with that sort of fabric change, plus it would be waterproof. Totally. But really, these pouches, they're easy to attach. They're easy to take off your pack when you don't want to use them. They're secure and they won't slip or kind of creep down your shoulder strap. And it's a great way to make use of that unused space on your backpacking straps. So if you want to check out the Clackett gear pouches, Clackett is spelled C-L-A-K-I-T. We'll have the link to Clackett in today's show notes at thefirst40miles.com slash 105. 
For today's backpack hack of the week, backpacking deals on Groupon. So Groupon used to be the place where you go to get like a $20 gift certificate for getting your nails done for $10. But only like 100 people could be part of that deal. Now I think Groupon has kind of softened up a little bit and they just have random deals on their website. And they have some really good deals too, like sometimes half the cost of what you would pay on those sites where you typically go to buy gear. So the Groupon experience now is I guess a little bit like thrift store shopping. It's a little bit hit and miss. But if you find what you're looking for at half the price, it's a win. It's a hit. So if you go to Groupon.com and then click on goods and then click on sports and outdoors, then click on outdoors, then click on camping, then you'll find things like sleeping bags, lights, tents, sleeping pads, stoves, deals on freeze-dried food. So stuff that's relevant to backpackers. And we'll put the link in the show notes today at thefirst40miles.com slash 105. And we'll leave you today with a little trail wisdom from our good friend on the trail, Vincent Van Gogh. And before we say this, I feel like This quote should have been our very first quote, episode number one of the first 40 miles. I love it. He said, I am always doing what I cannot do yet in order to learn how to do it. That's it for today. Thank you for listening. If you've been on a recent backpacking trip, then share your story at thefirst40miles.com slash story. We'll see you next time on The First 40 Miles. I read it I realize how ridiculous it is <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll give it a try <laughs> special backpacking clothing backling clothing Back, back- backpacking <laughs> pardon me do you have any groupons <laughs>